Welcome to Freedom for Anyone Ministry Podcast. Here at FAM, we believe that no matter who you are, where you come from, or what you've done, freedom is waiting on you through the work of Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed by this week's message. This morning, I want to go into a sermon entitled, A Different Touch. A Different Touch. Amen? We're going to be in the book of Mark, chapter 5. In the book of Mark, chapter 5, a different touch. Yeah. For the Bible tells us he can be touched with the feeling of our infirmity, right? We have a high priest that can be touched. He can be touched, y'all. And he'll touch you if you let him. I want to talk to the person this morning that is pursuing Jesus. Can I talk to you? (laughs) The person that has made up their mind to follow after Jesus. Can I talk to you? I want to warn you, I want to warn you this morning that following him is not easy. I want to tell you that following him does not mean you're going to be rich. Can I tell you that truth? Because somebody will tell you otherwise. But, But I see all through the word of God where people who follow Jesus, not only did they not end up rich, they end up martyred. But I want to encourage the person that is pressing their way to get to the master. And the story, I believe, helps to drive this point home. And I'm hoping not to bore you, but I want to make certain that you get what it is that the Holy Ghost wants you to get this morning. So we're going to be in the book of Mark chapter 5. We're going to start at verse 21. Now, just to give you, I like, you know me, I want to keep things in context Jesus has gone, he went over uh, to the other side of the, sh- the sea, rebuked legion. There's a man there with all these devils in him, and he rebukes the devils in him, uh, and the devils run into some pigs. That's, that's the preceding verses. I'm just giving you context for verse 21 where we pick up. Jesus gets back into the boat, and he comes back home. Verse 21, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where there was a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then, verse 22, a leader of a local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell to his feet. Pleading fervently with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come lay hands on her, heal her, So she can live. Now, although we see Jairus as being the first person that's coming to Jesus, this story is not about Jairus. Can I help us men in here? There's a lot we can learn from women in the word of God. Can I get another amen? Amen. There's a lot you can learn from some women in the word of God. 
Here's Jairus, and he's a leader of a local synagogue. He's got some prestige. He's got some, uh, some clout. He comes to Jesus and he says, hey, Jesus, my daughter is uh, uh, sick and I need you to come and, and heal her. I give Jairus props because, because he's of the local leadership which wants to reject Jesus entirely. So I give him props. Right? That's bold. Uh, let me tell you something. When you're in desperate times, you don't really care much about your title. Amen. <laughs> when you really need something from the Lord, you don't really too much care what people might say about you. Amen, somebody. So I'm talking to the person this morning that doesn't too much care what people say as you pursue your way to Jesus. Amen? Sometimes people are going to talk about you. Is that okay? Sometimes people are not going to understand you. Is that all right? But you got to keep pressing your way to him to get what you need. The Bible says that Jairus comes to Jesus. There's this crowd. I want you to see it in your mind. Here's a large crowd of people around Jesus because he's recently done some miracles, some miraculous things have happened. So there's a group of people everywhere. Anybody ever been in a crowd? Where something exciting has happened? Maybe 4th of July? Firecrackers and going up. There's a group of people all over. Maybe, maybe it was a Cowboys game where they just won. Uh-oh. Anyway. Anyway, uh, and they, they happen to just win a game, man. And there's a whole lot of excitement and people all over the place. I know y'all did it since ring. Y'all get together every Sunday. And so they, they came together. There's all these people. There's all these people. They, they, they're gathering around. And here comes a man that falls before Jesus. And he's one of the, the synagogue's leaders. You think they didn't take notice of that? They take notice of that. Here's established leadership. Religious leaders falling before Jesus. But this, again, I'm sorry, this story is not about Jairus. I just want to help point some things out to you this morning. Huh? Now, in this story, we're going to get to the main character, which is a woman with an issue. Anybody got some issues? Anybody got some issues here this morning? Lord, I, I've got a problem that I cannot fix. Anybody? I've got an issue that I cannot solve myself. I've got, a, I've got trouble in my life, God, and I'm pursuing you because I know that you are the only place that I can come to to get what I need. Anybody feel that way? I'm sorry if, you, if you're uncomfortable with this preaching. You might well buckle up because it ain't going to get any better. I promise you. you. You come to him because you say, God, I can't go nowhere but you. I, I've been to so many other places, God, and I've tried so many other things, and there's no place I've been able to find that can fix my issue. Anybody ever been there? Amen. Huh? Do you, do you have enough desperation in you to pursue Jesus when there's a crowd around him? When it seems like it's hard to get to him? Because through this life, you're going to find that it seems hard to get to him at times. You're going to have to press your way sometimes. Because sometimes there are going to be people in your way. Can I talk about people? Sometimes there's going to be spiritual leadership in front of you. Sometimes there are going to be some bystanders, some watchers, some, some crit critics. And you're going to have to press your way to get to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hmm? Use your imagination. See this crowd. They're all gathered up around him. They're all, because they want to see something. Ms. Doherty, they want to see something supernatural. <laughs> so they're all gathered up, huddled around, pressed together, 
body upon body, trying to see what's happening as Jairus asks for some help. Hmm? This is a, a point I want to make to you. Some people, some people are okay with just seeing Jesus from afar off. Some people, some people are okay with seeing Jesus from a distance. Because there's a group of people, there's a crowd of people here, and this, this story is only going to talk about one that really got close to Jesus. There's some people, some people that are okay with just seeing Jesus work miracles in other folks' lives. There's some people that are okay with watching Jesus touch somebody else. But I'm talking to the person this morning that says, I'm not satisfied with you working in that home and not mine. I need you to work in my life also, God. I need you to move in my heart also, God. I need you to work in my marriage also, God. I thank you for what you did in that house. I appreciate you for what you did at that church. But God, I'm calling on you for me. Anybody else? Amen. I'm pastoring, but I tell you every now and again, I have to tell God, I need some help here, God. I'm not a super saint, and I'm not going to pretend to be. Sometimes I have to tell God, God, I can't do this. I, I don't know what to do here. I need some help. I got to press my way to him. Because I need something. There's a difference between a want and a need, y'all. Any parent will tell you that. They know that real quick. <laughs> Christmas time come. See, parents, we real smart kids. What we're going to do is we're going to tell you what, what you want is what we know you need. Oh, you want those new socks. And <laughs> that's what you want. You want some good socks and underwear for Christmas. Well, let me continue reading. Verse 24. Jesus went with him. So Jesus, here's this concern of Jairus. And Jairus says, come to my house. Jesus and this whole group of people begin to make their way toward Jairus' home. Huh? And all the people followed, crowding around him. Verse 25. Here's the focus of our story. A woman. Is that okay? The focus is a woman in the crowd. Now when you read the word of God you start to notice some things as you study. When the Bible gives a name for a person it means that that person was of prominence. It means that they were a part of a family of prominence or they held a prominent position. Typically, at this time, women had neither of those things. And so the Bible says a woman in the crowd. So not only is she a woman, just a woman, we're going to deal with that later, but just a woman, but she's also in a crowd of other people. So not only is she a woman, but she really, really ain't that important. As defined by this time. The Bible says a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. You go through life, y'all. Listen, you go through life and it feels like it just don't stop. Have you ever had that experience? It feels like it just won't stop, God. I, I'm praying and I'm fasting and I'm tithing and I'm going and I'm witnessing and, and the problem, the bleeding just won't stop. 
There's a, there's a wound somewhere. We talked about that last weekend. And I just can't get this thing to stop, God. And I've done everything I can think of. Watch, you'll see what I'm saying. She had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. Verse 26. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she spent everything she had to pay them. But she had not gotten any better. In fact, she got worse. Have you ever tried everything that you could think of only for the situation to get worse and not better? I'm doing everything. I'm, I'm racking my brain, Cecilia. I'm up late at night. I'm trying to figure it out. I got a problem. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm up all night long and I'm talking to this person and I'm talking to that person and I'm doing this and I'm reading that self-help book and I'm eating this and I'm doing that and I'm making smoothies and I'm doing everything I can to fix my problem. But it seems like it's getting worse. It seems like it's getting worse. The Bible says she has suffered a great deal. Huh? Nobody knows what this woman was suffering. Nobody has to know what your situation is. Nobody got to know. I don't need to know exactly what you're going through. That's none of my business. All I need to know is that you know who to get to when you're going through something. Do you know who to get to when you are suffering things that nobody can fix? That's my job. As a pastor, my job is not to try to come up with some answer for you. My job is to tell you who has all the answers. Jesus, have you tried him? <laughs> they used to sing a song, have you tried Jesus? Yeah. Have you tried him? Because she tried doctors, many of them, and she only got worse. Hmm? The Bible says that she only got worse. Verse 27, she had heard about Jesus. She had heard about Jesus. She had heard, are you telling anybody about Jesus? Are you telling anybody about Jesus? When was the last time you witnessed to somebody about Jesus? Tell me, when was the last time you told somebody about Jesus? What he's able to do, what he did for you, huh? When was the last, the Bible says she heard about somebody somewhere was talking about this Jesus. Somebody was. And they were talking about all the things that he could do. And they were talking about the power that he had. And they were talking about the miracles that he worked. And they were talking about the testimonies that they heard. And somebody was telling them all about this Jesus character that the scribes and the Pharisees didn't like. And they were talking about this man from Nazareth who could open blind eyes and who could open deaf ears. And, and she heard about this Jesus. Are you telling anybody about this Jesus? It's imperative. That as we press, we're telling somebody about this Jesus. I'm not going to, I know as I stand here, I can see there's a great many wounds in this room. And a lot of people trying and fighting and feeling like they're failing. I see it. The Bible says, she came up behind him through the crowd. She pressed her way, pressed her way through the, the crowd. Now, I want you to understand the danger of what this woman's doing. She was not only a woman, so she wasn't supposed to touch men. 
She was also a sick woman, which means she shouldn't have been around anyone. If they had found out, she would have had to go be uh, tried. So her situation had got so dire that she says, I don't care what I lose. I want to see what I can gain from Jesus. Sometimes you got to get to that place, yeah. You're going to lose some things pressing to get to Jesus. You're going to lose some friends pressing to get to Jesus. You're going to lose some prestige pressing to get to Jesus. You're going to lose some clout pressing to get to Jesus. You're going to lose some people, even family members, not going to fully understand why you keep coming to church every Sunday. Why can't you just stay at home with me? Why can't you just go to this vacation with me? Why can't you just go out of town with me? Why can't you just work this job with me? Why can't you do this or that with me? They don't understand that you're pressing for Jesus with all your heart. They don't understand that you're in a desperate situation. They don't understand that you've got to get to him at all costs. Her mind was made up. I've got to get to him. I've got to get to him. Because I heard he's able to do some stuff. They don't understand. Don't be mad at them. Don't be mad at them. They just don't understand, Travis. They just don't get it. They, they, don't, they don't know him like you do. They don't quite know him like you do. When I first got saved, my friends and my family were quite confused about my dedication to Jesus. They were confused about why I was going to church so much. And they were confused about why I wouldn't watch certain things. I wouldn't go to certain movies and why I would pray all the time. They were a little bit perplexed why I wouldn't go to certain parties. And, but my, my dedication was to the Lord. I, I needed him in my life. And I knew that I couldn't play around with the world. So I had to press to get to him in spite of what people didn't understand. But that pressing... That pressing to get to him when people don't quite understand will mess with their mind. It'll mess with their mind when they see you later. And they see the joy in your heart. They see the joy in your soul. They, they won't fully understand. It gives you opportunity to explain it to them. Anyway, I'm not trying to bore you. I'm just explaining something. The Bible says she heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. Now, before we got to the woman, do y'all remember who we were talking about? Jairus. I heard somebody say it. Say it louder. Jairus. That's who the story was about. Now, remember what happened? Jairus said to Jesus, Jesus, my daughter is sick. Will you come with me and touch my daughter? I want to show you two different levels of faith here. I, I want you to understand sometimes, sometimes uh, Jesus will come and touch you. That's true. But every now and again, y'all, you got to fight your way to go touch him. Every now and again, you, you might be comfortable. See, we always want Jesus to touch us. We, we want Jesus. I'm coming to church so Jesus can touch me. I want to touch from the Lord. A amen. I, I, I do too. But every now and again, you're going to have to go touch him. You're going to have to fight your way through the crowd to touch him because there are some things that you get from him touching you and then there's some things that you get from you touching him. I'm telling you, you can't always wait for Jesus to come where you are. Amen. The Bible says, she touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I could touch his robe, I will be healed. Now, Jairus said, come touch my daughter. 
she didn't even really touch Jesus' body. <laughs> she said, I'll touch whatever attached to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't even have to. I'll touch whatever's attached to him. Listen, when you, come, when you come to the house of God, you're not really necessarily touching God. You're touching what's attached to him. Listen, when you come to the preacher, you're not getting to. You're touching what's attached. She said, I can just get what's attached to him. If I can just touch what's attached to him. Huh? Somebody used to say, whatever's in the cake is in the crumb. Whatever's in the cake is in the crumb. I, if I could just touch what's attached to him. Because the power of Jesus don't stop at his fingertips, y'all. The power of Jesus don't stop at the end of his hand. The power of Jesus flows. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. I want to tell you, I think this is the same train she touching. It's the train that fills the temple now. The glory of Jesus is everywhere. If you want him, you press to touch him and you'll get what you need. Oh, uh, yeah. I just, I just, I, I'll press to touch what's attached, Costas. I just want, I just want to get that close to him. I just want to get that close to him because I keep trying to fix my problem. I keep trying to figure it out and I can't figure it out. There's a lot of folks in the world that need to hear about them. This is why I'm saying you got to tell somebody because they don't understand what they need. They, they, they think that they, if they do this or they do that, they'll be okay. And you got to tell them, no, no, no. The only thing that's going to fix it, Libby, is Jesus. The only thing, listen to me, sister, the only thing going to fix it is Jesus. And, and it's starting to make sense to us now. It's starting to get in our hearts a little bit. The only thing that's going to fix it is Jesus. Uh-huh. Now, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I think. The, the Bible says that, Je appreciate you. The Bible says that Jesus is in a crowd of people. Hmm. Going to Jairus' house, crowd of people around him, trying to make his way. Verse 29, immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Verse 30, Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out. Jesus can still heal, don't fool yourself. The Bible says that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around and asked the question, who touched me? Hallelujah. The disciples are perplexed. Seems like the disciples are always perplexed. You know, it seem, don't seem like the disciples were too deep. You know what I mean? I know they were. They eventually became apostles. You know what I'm saying? I get that. God bless them. That's awesome. But it just seemed like the apostles was, was a little bit slow to catch some things. The Bible says that the disciples asked Jesus, they said, Jesus, this don't make no sense, master, teacher of teachers. How is it all these people around us, all these folks pressing up against us, and you ask, who touched you? But this was a different touch. When I need him, I'm not going to touch him like everybody else do. When, when, you really, when you really need him, 
You can't do what everybody else do. If you want something you've never had before, you got to do something you ain't never done before. Usually, 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 I wouldn't be caught dead in this crowd of people. Usually under normal circumstances, I wouldn't be pressing my way up against these men. Usually under normal circumstances, I wouldn't reach out and touch this teacher of teachers. But my situation necessitates that I go and do something I've never done before. Who touched me? Jesus asked the question, who touched me? I want to point out to you something else. This woman could have been upset. You ever felt like you were trying to pursue Jesus and he was going further away from you? He, he, she, here she is fighting to get closer to Jesus and it seemed like the more she's pressing to get to him, the further away he's getting because really, really, he's not there for you. He's he trying to get to Jairus' daughter. But oh Jesus, Jesus knows about you. Don't fool yourself. Don't think for one second that Jesus didn't understand what was going down. Don't think for one second that Jesus, just because he's working on somebody else's house, don't mean he can't work on yours. If you are willing to go and touch him, while he's working on that situation, he'll be working on your situation. And while he's working on your situation, he'll be working on your mom's situation. And while he's working on your mom's situation, he'll work on your children's situation. Don't ever think for one second that because Jesus is working for somebody else, he can't work for you too. Jesus said, I'm a multitasker. I'm healing people. The Bible says Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Jesus just went everywhere doing good. Everything that he was doing was good. Huh? The Bible says they asked the question. They said his disciples said it to him, verse 31. Look at this crowd, Jesus. How can you ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking. Jesus kept, Jesus did, sometimes Jesus had to ignore the disciples. <laughs> he did. Like, you, you know, y'all just don't, you don't get it. You don't get it. You don't get it. We just came from, now, I, can I give y'all the progression of what has happened real quick? I'm not trying to bore you, but I just want you to see. They, were, they got in the boat. Jesus said, I'm going to meet you on the other side. They get in the boat. There's a terrible storm. Jesus comes walking on the water. They see Jesus able to walk on water. They get in the boat. They get to the other side, right? And, uh, there's legion on the other side. I, just, I told y'all that. He, he rebukes the legion, the devils and, and the man. They get back in the boat. He gets over here. And now they don't understand how Jesus is asking this question. <laughs> Clearly, Jesus is not normal. <laughs> just saying. All this has transpired in a not very long period of time. And they're asking Jesus, who do you mean? What do you mean? Did somebody touch you? But he kept looking around. The disciples are confused because to religious people, a touch is just a touch. A touch is just a touch. Jesus, what are you talking about? Ain't no difference here. When, when you're religious, you can't, you, don't, you can't decipher the different types of touches that are going on. But when you're hooked up with the Spirit, you get insight to what people are reaching after. When, you, when you're really hooked up to Jesus, you can feel some things that other folks can't feel. You can see and discern some things other folks can't see and discern. But you got to be hooked up to Jesus, right? So the religious, the touch is just a touch. Huh? To some people... 
praise and worship this morning was just another song. Uh-oh, uh-oh. To some people, are they just singing Good, Good Father? I heard it a million times. To some people, are they just lift their hands? They do that at churches. But for the person that's really pressing, for the person that's really pressing, Good, Good Father broke some chains. For the person that's really pressing, lifting their hands, did something. It's not just a touch when you really need it. Don't, don't, don't you dare discount, discredit what's happening with the Lord Jesus because you feel like it's normal. You feel like it's just a touch. You, you can't see the difference. You, you can't feel the difference. So you want to discount it as just another touch from everybody. No, my touch not like everybody else's. My praise not like everybody else's. My worship not like everybody else's. My fight not like everybody else's. My fight is desperate fight. My fight is a serious fight. My fight is a hard fight. I'm not like everybody else. So, I can't, I can't pray like everybody else. I, I can't sing like everybody else. I, I can't dance like everybody else. I can't testify. I can't live. I don't do nothing like everybody because I'm not like everybody else. I'm different than everybody else. You know how I know I'm different than everybody else? Because I got something different than everybody else. They touched Jesus, some of them, but they didn't get healed like she got healed. They touched Jesus, but they, they didn't have the experience like she had. The Bible says that Jesus finally found her when she came before him and says, daughter, your faith. He addressed this woman. Listen, he ain't talking to everybody. You know how I know I'm different? Because Jesus ain't talking to everybody. Sometimes he's just talking to me. And I might look crazy and I, I might look foolish, but I heard the voice of God. Now I know I'm doing the right thing. I'm telling you I'm not like everybody. Don't you, don't you dare try to make me like everybody else. I'm not just any other preacher. I'm, I'm not just any other minister. I'm not just any other black man in temple. I'm not just any other. You better recognize. <laughs> you, you better recognize you better recognize you're not dealing with the same old same old I understand you have some encounters with preachers and ain't no power been there but I'm telling you I'm not like everybody else this woman say I'm sorry that's not a plug for me that's just the truth <laughs> Kenny you're not like everybody else man people try to make you like everybody that's what the disciples did they try to discount her touch they try to discredit her touch and make it like everybody else's touch and say, so all these people touched you, Jesus. How are you going to try to define her touch from they touch? But Jesus says, she touched me with a different intent. Come on, somebody. You better, you better understand that there's an intent to this touch. When you have an intent to touch Jesus, Hallelujah. I'm not just here for nothing. I'm not just here to do what everybody do. I'm not just here because it's Sunday. I'm here to worship the Lord with all my heart. I'm here to give him the glory with all my heart. I'm here to give him the praise with all my heart. I'm not like everybody else. I'm a peculiar person. Peculiar. Hallelujah. I'm a little bit weird. I'm a little bit weird. I'm a little bit different. I always have been. And you know what? At, at one time in my life, it used to bother me, Sister Irene. It used to bother me that I wasn't like everybody else. But I've grown to embrace the fact that I'm different. I've grown to accept the fact that I'm different because now being different means I get to have a different experience with Jesus. Oh, you can clap for that. That's okay. I see you're thinking about it. That's all right. Now, the Bible says, verse 33, then the frightened woman trembling at the realization of what happened to her, she came down and fell on her knees in front of him. And she told him everything she'd done. When you really want Jesus to move in your life, you don't hold nothing back from him. Yeah. No, sir. 
dudes are. When you really want Jesus, when you really need something from him, you don't try to hide stuff. You don't try to push stuff under the rug. You come up, Lord, here I am, all of me. This is me, God. I got this problem, and I got that problem, and I got this issue, and I got that issue. But, Lord, if there's anybody that can save this situation, you can, God. Ah. I'm not holding nothing back. I'm not trying to fight anything. I'm not trying to cover up nothing. When you really want Jesus, when you really want to receive from him, you're not going to try to cover anything up. You're going to be wide open with him in front of the world. Listen, I told you before, I don't like being on Facebook. I'm sorry, Facebook. <laughs> I really don't like it. You know? I mean, look at me right now. Big and sweaty. Breathing out hard. <laughs> Big old jersey look like a sheep. <laughs> ah, this is me on top of me. <laughs> but, but I want to do what God called me to do. Amen. And I mean to do it with all my heart. It don't matter what it costs me. It costs me what it costs me. But it's worth it to me. Because I need God to move in my life. I got some people I'm praying about, Cecilia. I got some people looking at me. I got some friends that's watching me, been watching me for about 15 years. Ain't changed, ain't gonna change. I, I got some folks in my family that's watching me. And if I keep on doing what I'm doing, maybe one day, maybe one day, maybe one day, maybe one day, huh. tell you a story all the time. Jesus says, verse 34, and I finished this out. Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You say, Pastor, I've been coming this many days. I've been coming this Sunday, that Sunday, that Sunday, that Sunday. I hear you, Cecilia. I, I've been coming. I hear you. I've been coming this day. I've been coming that day. I've been. Don't seem like nothing changes. I hear you. Yeah. Don't seem like nothing changes. I'm at the point, God, where I feel like I might as well quit. The Bible says there's a man at the pool of Bethesda 38 years. And the Bible says that Jesus walks up one day. Don't treat every Sunday like it's just last Sunday. You never know when Jesus is going to walk up. The Bible says that 38 years he's laying here. 30 and 8 years, as the King James says. 30 and 8 years I've been waiting for somebody to push me in. 30 and 8 years I've been hoping I could get some help. 30 and 8 years I've been showing up, waiting for the water to get troubled. So that I can get what I need. 38 years the Bible says. And I have no man God. When the water's troubled to put me in. My situation is dire. My situation is bleak. I don't have no help. But the Bible says. I hear you. I hear you out there. Trust me. The Bible says that one day Jesus walks up. Jesus walks up. Huh? And he asked the question, will you be made whole? I don't care how long you've been here. 
I don't care how many times you showed up. This is not like every other time you showed up. Because I'm not like everybody else you've seen here before. When Jesus comes in, the whole thing changes. When Jesus walks in, the whole situation changes. The dynamics change. The, the opportunities change. The, the power change. Everything shit. When Jesus walks up, it ain't like every. I don't care if it's been 38 years. This year different. Because one day, Jesus shows up. Can I give you another story? I'm just giving you all these examples. People that waited on Jesus and waited for the hear. Man, the Bible says the man lame on his feet since birth. Since birth. Somebody dropped the man. Not his fault. Not his fault. Somebody dropped him. You have been dropped. Something happened to you. Wasn't really your fault. You suffer the loss because somebody else did something wrong. You ever been there? And the Bible says that he lame on his feet because somebody else dropped him. And the Bible says that every day, every day he's being placed at the gate called beautiful. Asking alms of people. And the Bible says that one of these days, Peter showed up. Equipped with the power of God. <laughs> and the man comes to him looking for money. I ain't got it. Can, can you? I ain't got it. <laughs> can I be honest? I ain't got it. Silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have, I'll give to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you got a lot more than you think you got. I know you, you may not have what everybody else got. I don't have whatever other folks. I ain't got the money, the cars, the clothes, the jobs, the whatever. I ain't got, but this one thing I got. This, this one thing I have, huh? They sing a song, say, the world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take this away. This, this thing that I got from the Lord Jesus, Hallelujah. this joy that I got from the Lord Jesus, this, this peace that I got from the Lord, the world didn't give it to me. So the world surely can't stand to your feet with me this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Tony. I appreciate that. You got to press your way to him. Don't, don't, don't overly focus on the fact that you haven't got to him yet. Please understand that pressing is progress. I'm going to say that again. Pressing is progress. Even if you hadn't touched him yet, it was a progression from one phase of the crowd to the next phase of the crowd. And the more I'm pressing, the closer I'm getting. Hallelujah. The more I'm pressing, yes, the more I'm progressing to get what I need from the master. Don't discredit my steps because they're short. Don't discredit my fight because it's slow. I'm making progress to the king. Amen, somebody. Amen. I'm telling you that every step you take, you're getting closer to the master to get with you. One last story I want to tell you. Sorry, sorry. I want to talk to you about touching, touching, right? A different touch. Jesus, he, he goes and do, he takes care of Jairus' daughter. 
you go read that, you find that Jesus literally has to put people out of the room. Because when Jesus gets there, they say, uh, the daughter's dead. Jesus says, she's not dead, she's asleep. Because Jesus don't see things the way natural men see things. They see somebody dead and Jesus said, they just sleeping. Don't worry. You call Lazarus dead, I say he's just sleeping. Sick. You say there ain't no way, Jesus said, I am the way. Hallelujah. If you say it can't be done, Jesus said, with man, things are impossible. Yes. But with me, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. I don't see like men see. I'm not the son of man that I should lie. Neither the son of man that I should repent. If I say it, it's got to be so. Hallelujah. If I declare it, it must come to pass. I'm done, Yahweh. Ain't nobody like me. The Bible says Jesus is Jesus is out walking. Here come a man with leprosy. Think about leprosy. You know, we think about leprosy. We talk about leprosy as it affects the skin, the epidermal. But leprosy actually also affects the lungs. It affects the neurological system. It affects a lot more than what you see. It's why the Bible so often refers to leprosy and sin because it goes deeper than what you see. So the Bible says that this man with leprosy or a sin problem, uh, he screams, Jesus. Now the thing about people with leprosy is they couldn't even be within a certain distance from those who were not, at, not leprous. The, the reason is because leprosy uh, was so contagious that the skin would break away and fly into the cities. And the skin would float in the air and infect others. So they had to be quarantined off. And the Bible says, Jesus is going by. And this leper, been quarantined, been isolated, ain't been touched by nobody in a long time. The Bible says that Jesus lays his hand on the man and he recovers from his leper. We only want to focus on the external healing. But what do you think that that did to that man's heart? That's, that Jesus was willing to touch me. I'm nobody, Jacob. I'm nobody. But the Lord, he's willing to touch anybody that'll call on him. For whosoever, call on the name of the Lord. I wish somebody would call on the name of the Lord. Jesus! I need you! My heart's broken. My heart's broken, God, I need you. Fix it. For whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Is that you? Will you call on the name of the Lord instead of your friends, co-workers? Will you call on the name of the Lord? For the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Hallelujah. 
The righteous, they can run to it. And they are safe. The name of the Lord is able to break chains, to destroy yokes, lift out of valleys, bring down mountains. The name of the Lord alone able to do the impossible. Anybody out there that's not saved today, you don't know the Lord. As your Savior, as your Lord, it's not hard. It's not difficult. Where it used to be that you had to have a goat or a ram, sheep, ox, you had to do it all the time. The blood of Jesus now has washed us completely for all time. The blood still has power. Huh? And if you walked away from him or you don't have a relationship, we'll pray with you. You ain't even got to come up. You can just, you can just lift your hands. And say, Pastor, I, I walked away from him. Pastor, I want to be saved. Does anybody on Facebook confess the sin? Confess the sin. Confess that he's Lord. Huh? Believe that he died for those sins. His blood cleansed you from all unrighteousness. That he died. Three days later, God raised him up. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I hear people always trying to make it complex and convoluted. It's simple. The simplicity of the gospel is what makes it confusing to so many religious people. Because it ain't hard. I'm going to pray for you this morning and I'm going to let you go. The members of FAM, if you're a member, please stay. i got a quick meeting with you all. But I'm going to pray for you now. And if there's anybody that wants special prayer after service, please come up and I'll pray with you one-on-one, okay? I don't want nobody to feel rushed. We're not going to rush God. Let's pray. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. That not only do you come and touch from time to time, but you put yourself in places where we can come touch you too. Thank you for being our high priest. Thank you for shedding the blood that covers us from all unrighteousness. I pray, Lord, if there's somebody here who's pressing because they have an issue, that they would continue to press knowing that it's still progress. That every little bit counts. That every step makes a difference. That somebody that don't want to come to church because they don't feel like they're right enough. Help them to understand, Lord, that this is, this is not a place for the righteous. <laughs> this is for the place, people who know who is righteous. Jesus, bless your people, God. Take them, do great things with them throughout the week. Use them, help them to tell somebody. Just as this woman heard of you, help them to tell somebody. Take away the shame, take away the embarrassment, take away the inhibitions, Lord, and just let them tell the truth of Jesus. I give you all the glory, all the praise in Jesus' matchless name. God bless you, I love you, amen. Y'all have a good week. Yeah, put your hands together for Jesus.